Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Yes, it is what I always say. You guys know the favorite time of the week for me, being Brown at Work Live. And if you don't recognize this face, believe me, after this session and our second part two on April 18th, you will will never forget her. That's for sure. Especially same thing happened to me when I met her via LinkedIn and we connected. I can't even express the excitement, the honor, the privilege I have to have this awesome woman as my guest. And let me introduce to you all Jackie Abram. Jackie is the international best-selling and award-winning author of Hush Money, How One Woman Proved Systemic Racism in Her Workplace and Kept Her Job, and has been featured in Forbes. Her book is the number one Amazon bestseller. Hush Money is an international best-selling and award-winning book featured in Forbes, as I just mentioned. It's also, as I also shared with you, number one bestseller in Amazon. It's number one best eye-opening African-American women's fiction on Goodreads, Lysopia. It's number one in books to improve social justice awareness on racism on Goodreads, Lysopia. And it's the recipient of the reader's favorite gold medal for social issues novels. I mean, I mean, come on, seriously. Hush Money isn't just another book about systemic racism. For employees, it's a roadmap for fighting back against racism in the workplace and not walking away empty-handed. And for employers, it's a compass for identifying covert racism because you can't fight what you can't see. And so, as I said, I am honored, Jackie, to welcome you to Being Brown at Work Live. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. You know, I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now. Yes, I know. I know. Like I mentioned when we opened, you know, you were just so warm and gracious when I found you on LinkedIn. And then I did not hesitate, everyone. I don't hesitate. Buy the books. They are page turners. I'm telling you, once you start with book one, you will not be able to wait to get to book two. And she's got some good news for you that we're going to share in part two, which is why you got to join us on April 18th. But the reason why I felt it so important to have Jackie as a guest, as I said, when I delved into the book, I mean, I saw somewhat, I'm not going to say at all that I can say that I had her journey because all of our journeys are different, but I immediately connected 
I found myself in tears. I found myself having to put it down a couple of times and saying, okay, wait, did I just read that? Um, realizing that this person's lived experience, as tragic as it was, she had the courage to document it for us, for black and brown women, for black and brown men, which is why I had to have her as a guest. So Jackie, if you if you would, you know, kick us off. Let's just start from the beginning. Okay. Just, just give us an idea of what it was like to be you back in the days of this experience. Okay. So Linda, before I became an author and before I was put on the path that I'm on now, I really knew nothing about writing a book. I, I had no clue, literally. Um, I never wanted to write a book. I didn't know how to write a book. It wasn't something that was ever in my career path. It wasn't something I ever thought about because my background is in finance, okay? I'm a number cruncher. I know how to crunch numbers. I didn't know anything about writing a book. Mm -hmm. And I had a six-figure career on the administrative side of higher education. Yeah. And Linda, when I tell you that I was exceptional at my job, you know, let me just put a capital E on that. Mm. I was exceptional at my job, okay? And because I was good at it, my job paid me six figures, okay? Yes. Yes. Um, and, and that was important because... I'm a single parent, okay? okay? I'm mom and dad. And so my income was the only income in my family. Mm. And so that six figures was important to me, which is why I approached my job with ambition, um, with an outstanding mentality and an astounding way of performing my job. Yes. And so because of that, Linda, I was always quick. To climb that corporate ladder. Yeah. I never had a problem getting good jobs once I entered higher education. And I never had a problem climbing that corporate ladder because I was good and yeah. I made sure I was good. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, but here's what would happen to me, Linda, as I would be climbing that ladder of success based on my skills yeah. and my abilities Someone in the organization would notice me. And it's really easy to notice a Black woman when she's performing exceptionally well, okay? Yes. But there was another reason that they noticed me, Linda. Um, back in the day, you know, old girl here was a Janet Jackson lookalike. I was six feet tall. I was my own Wonder Woman. I was an Amazon. Mm. I exuded confidence on the outside, even though on the inside, my confidence was low. I mean, very, wow. very low. Wow. But on the outside, you couldn't tell. And so I exuded confidence. You know, I'm this tall, you know, Amazon and I'm good at my job. So it was very easy to notice this Black woman, okay? Yes. But the person who's noticing me is not only in a higher position than mine, Linda, mm -hmm. but they're also a racist. Mm. And before I knew it, you know, I was being set up 
Okay. My career was being derailed. And before I could even wrap my head around what was happening to me, me and that ladder that I was climbing up on, when that rug was pulled from under us, we both came crashing down. Wow. Wow. So, you know, the first time that happened to me, and now, you know, I've lost this six-figure position. I was feeling some kind of way. I'm going to just be mm, honest. Right. Absolutely. And I, yes. was tra- I was traumatized. Okay. I was hurt. Yes. I was humiliated because of the way they did it. Okay. But I really didn't have time to stop and process what was happening to me, Linda, because okay. like I already told you. I'm a single mom, I'm yes. mom and dad. Yes. And I've got these two girls that are depending on me, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. you don't have time to sit back and tend to your wounds. And so yeah, that's true. I, I cast my resume back out to the wind again, you know, lived off of the money that I had in savings until I found my next opportunity. And then I put myself back out there. And I go in the same way that I did the job before. I'm ambitious. I'm exceptional. I am fantastic at my job. And I go in and it's not long before I start climbing that corporate ladder. But here's the problem with me running to that next company. And anybody who's heard me speak, they know I always say this. You know, you ran from this company over here because you were black. Yeah. And when you ran over to <laughs> this company over here, guess what? You're still black. Yeah, you're still black, <laughs> still black. right? Yes. 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 <laughs> and I can laugh about it now, but honey, let me just tell you. Wow. Wow. I, yes. I was feeling some kind of way because mm. the same thing happened to me, okay? Mm. So by the fourth and fifth time of losing everything that I had worked for. Okay. Losing everything that I had built using all of the savings that I have uh, been able to accumulate and finding myself homeless. Okay. Because I'm homeless with my kids, because when you lose your job, you lose your income. You lose your ability to pay for your bill, your bills and to feed your family. And you are homeless. And I'm sitting there looking at myself in the mirror saying, how on earth am I homeless? I am smart. I am ambitious. I've got all the educational credentials a person needs. But here I am homeless again. And so by that point, I'm experiencing racial trauma. Mm. That is so severe and that damaged me so bad psychologically that by the end of my career, I had to pull myself out of corporate America to save my sanity. But I was also plotting homicide because I very much planned to kill my last boss. My last boss is lucky to be alive today. Okay. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, how does somebody that was so promising and had such potential get to that point, get to that point? Yes. And so it wasn't until I realized that my two girls, because remember, I've got two girls, they're all grown up now. 
and they have started careers of their own. And while I'm on the verge of planning suicide, Mm -hmm. because I was so psychologically damaged, I got a well-timed call from my youngest daughter, which Mm -hmm. I can only say to this day had to be God intervening. Mm -hmm. Because if that call had came in 10 minutes later, Linda, I probably wouldn't be here today. But it was a well-timed call from my daughter. And when I answered that call and she starts screaming hysterically into the phone and crying Mm. and telling me about what these racist people are doing to her, you know, I I snapped out of my funk because it's it's one thing to target me, but you you got a big problem on your hands. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can relate. Yes. And so after realizing that the same thing was happening to my kids, I packed up from California. That's where I was at. Okay. That very day, I packed up, brought my cats, moved out of the hotel that I was in, and I came back home to Colorado Mm. to help my daughter deal with her situation. And and Linda, that was really the catalyst uh, of me realizing that you know, this is not something that's just happening to me because I I thought I was the only one dealing with this. But now my children are dealing with it too because I found out my other daughter was also experiencing it. And so that's where hush money came from. You see, here's the deal. Yes, you're traumatized, you're humiliated, you're hurt. Okay. And yes, this kept happening to me repeatedly, but I, I can honestly say, Linda, that I knew something that a lot of our people didn't know about how to fight back. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And let me preface this by saying, and then I'm going to let you talk because you know, I'm long-winded. No, no worries. But let me just tell you this. The settlements are great. Okay. Settlements are wonderful, especially the big ones that I, I have the knowledge in Mm -hmm. getting. Okay. Sure. But no matter how much you get in a settlement, six figures, you know, no matter what you get, it is not enough. It is never enough. Never enough. Undo the damage that you were caused in that company. Yeah. But my motto is, okay, it's okay to walk away, okay? Because it's a toxic, racist environment. Just don't walk away empty-handed. Yeah. And too many of our people do that, and they were. And I said, okay, we're going to give them a roadmap, a survival guide that they can yes. use to stop walking away from their jobs empty-handed. Empty-handed. Yeah, you know, and Jackie, there's so much, oh my gosh, that you shared there and how you got to the point of creating this roadmap for us, right? And not just for us, for those that are suffering or have suffered like you, but as you said so eloquently in the bio that was written, for employers so that they can stop this madness, right? But they can't stop it until they see it. Jackie, you know, one of the things you said in your story that's so I think I don't know that there is a black or brown woman I've 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 coached, known to work with that hasn't had the same situation. 
educated, highly, very good at what we do, hit home runs on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And no matter what atmosphere we walk in, <laughs> we go into that. As you said, you left one, went into another role, performed very highly, went into another role. Mm-hmm. However, irrespective of that, we still, we still are ostracized, yes. are minimalized, are dismissed, are uh, face verbal abuse, yes. harassment, overlooked. Probably, I, I'm not going to say probably, nine times out of 10, not compensated right. to match the value we bring to the table. Right. So, Jackie, I mean, from your experience, I mean, what in the world does it take? And I know you've gone around the country uh, and even out of the country uh, speaking to companies, because uh, I saw a posting not long ago at a major employer you were at uh, and, and spoke there. What has to happen, Jackie? I mean, because something has to change that right. is beyond you and I. Right. right? I mean, because it's. Something has to change. And what have you what have you uncovered um, in your personal experiences, your daughters, as well as all the others that you've touched, that you've spoken to and walked in rooms around the world? So I haven't actually physically been around the world yet. Now, I do speak in a lot of countries, but it's yes. usually uh, virtually. virtual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I have been around the U.S., And one of the things that I can tell you, no matter who I'm speaking with, is that DEI, in a lot of cases, as it stands, continues to fail Black people. Mm. And the reason it continues to fail us is because the scenarios that are used in a lot of the DEI workshops and, you know, trainings and uh, solutions that these organizations are coming up with, they are not reflective of what we are actually experiencing, what's Mm -hmm. actually killing our careers, okay? Okay. But let me just say this. You have things that are important. Uh, There are important components in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, okay? Mm -hmm. There are. I'm not going to say there aren't uh, important components. Sure. But when it comes to the racism component, um, many organizations have completely missed the mark because they focus on things that, yes, let me just say this again. These are important things, but these are not what's killing our careers, okay? So an example of that are uh, microaggressions, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, we as Black people experience microaggressions, okay? You know, there's somebody in the office over here that doesn't like our braids, you know, they they, they don't think it's professional. And you got a coworker, you know, down the hall that doesn't like the soul food that you're warming up in the kitchen, okay? Mm -hmm. So you've got these microaggressions and yes, they're annoying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're even painful. Yes. But that's not what kills our careers, okay? What kills our careers is not unconscious, okay? Mm. It is unconscionable, okay? Mm. Because the people that are killing our careers, they are fully aware of what they're doing. 
And what's killing our careers is something called covert racism. Mm. It's a hidden form that is harder to prove. You can't see it. You don't know it's there. And when you're experiencing it, you really can't wrap your head around whether or not what you're experiencing is racism or not, because it doesn't neatly fit into an EEOC bucket of illegal discrimination. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. So one of the just very first out of the, the gate observations that I made when I started reflecting back on my career, the careers of my children and so many other people, you know, that I looked at, you know, we were all experiencing the same thing because it's a very highly effective form of racism that allows you to target the person, accomplish your goal, but do it in a way that they can barely prove. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. And so oh, yeah. now when organizations reach out to me, okay, and they invite me to come and talk to their leadership teams They're asking me to come in because they know that I'm going to give it to them straight, no chaser, and I'm going to help them see what up to this point they haven't been able to see because they're looking at things on the surface. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm taking them underneath to see what's hidden below the surface. Yes. And And that's what's very difficult. And, you know, it's difficult, one, because... Most companies really want to stay away from that level of depth of understanding, right? right? I mean, how uncomfortable is that? Uh, And then what do you do with it once you uncover it, right? So I highly, I mean, you know, kudos to those companies who have reached out to you to really peel that onion back because that's what it takes. That's what it takes. It takes Mm -hmm. that type of courageousness uh, to have a Jackie Abram come in and help you to see. So I love that part of your bio, help you to truly see what has been invisible Mm -hmm. for years. It's truly visible, but invisible at the same time. So I, um, yeah, that, that is, that's phenomenal. Jackie continue. Go ahead. So Covert racism is a, is a term that many organizations that uh, reach out to me or that I, I work with or I do keynotes or I do a workshop with, yeah. um, they're not really familiar with that term because like right. I said, um, in many of the DEI trainings, it's not a term you, you really ever hear. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that I do is help them understand what covert racism looks like. And, you know, it's interesting to be able to point out to them and say there are dozens of different types of covert racism that all work together to achieve an ultimate goal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that this works, let me just kind of take you through uh, a okay. situation, okay? Appreciate that. In organizations where you have someone in a higher position who is in a position of power, influence, and authority, mm-hmm. this person is now targeting you. 
King because Mm -hmm. they fundamentally at their core do not believe that you deserve the position that you hold, whatever Mm -hmm. that position is. Okay. Okay. So they begin to target you, but they're not targeting you um, in the same way that they used to do in the past decades ago, you know, where everything was overt and easy to spot. You know, you don't see people walking into the break rooms and calling you the N-word, okay? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. You don't see people, you know, um, excluding all of the Black people from, you know, conferences and meetings. Now, these things happen, okay? Right. But it's very rare because modern day racism, like I said, has morphed. When these things happen up here on the surface level, these rare things that you really don't see anymore, Mm -hmm. if somebody were to walk into the break room and call someone the N-word, anybody in earshot of that, out of those people, somebody's going to say that's not acceptable. Exactly. They're going to call it out immediately. Right. They're going to say it's unacceptable. Right. But with covert racism, All of this stuff is happening in front of everybody. Everybody sees it, but nobody calls it out because it's socially acceptable. They can't, they can't tell, you know, they they can't tell. So so let me just paint a picture for you. So going back to this leader who's targeting you and he's got power and influence and authority. When he starts targeting you, he's going to begin the acts of killing your career in the workplace in much of the same way they kill us in our community. So he's going to target you, but he's going to inspire others in the organization to conspire with him. Mm. And before you know it, you're not just dealing with one racist targeting you. You Mm. are now dealing with people, Mm -hmm. people who are all working together to aid and abet this leader as he kills your career. Yeah, yeah. Now, in organizations that tolerate racism, okay? Now, I'm not saying this about all HR people because in good companies that do not tolerate discrimination in any way, shape, or form, that do not tolerate racism, HR is your best friend, okay? Right, right. But in an organization that tolerates racism, okay, HR is your worst nightmare. Worst enemy. Yes, they are your worst nightmare because yeah. this leader has inspired HR to be in cahoots with them because HR knows who they are beholden to because yes. of who pays their paycheck. Yeah, sure, okay? sure. Absolutely. So, you now have HR aiding and abetting this leader, but it doesn't stop there, okay? Your own employees, okay? When you're at lunch, this racist leader is meeting with somebody on your team and promising them your job, okay? So they have incentivized your employee. So now your employee is complaining about you and and trying to catch you in anything that they can use to aid and abet this, this racist leader. Yes. But it doesn't stop there, okay? <laughs> your supervisor, because the person targeting you doesn't necessarily have to be your supervisor. Your exactly. Okay? So not. your supervisor or, you know, this person that 
has a, a reporting structure that you report to, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you were performing your job exceptionally. And now all of a sudden they're trying to write you up because they're saying you're incompetent. Okay. You've been just exceptional all this time. And now all of a sudden somebody's erasing stuff on the work you're doing and adding in errors to make it look like you are making mistakes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have people in other departments that you have to interface with that you need to do their job so you can do your job. Well, These people are putting obstacles in your path, making you miss your deadlines, not giving you the support you need from them. Mm -hmm. And so by the time all of these things, you know, all of these people are working together, they have successfully derailed your career. Completely, Jackie. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to interrupt you there, but for Mm -hmm. those of you who are listening to this live, or on the replay. I know as Jackie was going through that scenario, you probably thought to yourself, oh, that's impossible. Oh, that never happens. Let me tell you that I know of a situation going on right now in a different industry with some young people in their 20s, in their 20s, just 25, 26 years old, right? Entering into their industry, been there for just a year. And they are experiencing exactly what Jackie just described. Mm -hmm. And it's in an industry that would shock you because you would think this industry would know better than to do that. But exactly what she described, various people, parts of it, HR, text messages being sent, emails being erased, Work that should be given to these individuals, they're not given the work or their work is somehow manipulated. Mm -hmm. It's 2023, everyone. And it's happening today. So I just need you all to know that we're not having this session just because, oh, here we are again talking about racism. Are we ever talk? It really can't be that bad. It doesn't happen like that anymore. It's not the 60s. It's not the 1800s. Oh, clearly, we know it's not, but it's still happening today at the level that Jackie just described. And let me Absolutely. give you some examples. So now you've got all these people who are working together to put obstacles in your path. So now let's talk a little bit about what the covert racism piece looks and feels like now that you have all these people who are working together. Okay. So one way that covert racism works is with something that I call the black workhorse. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the black workhorse works if you are a new employee coming Mm -hmm. into a new organization Or if you are an employee who is seasoned, you've been there a while, you have been doing great in your job, and now you've been offered a promotion. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Because how many of us get those promotions that we didn't apply for, we didn't even know we were getting, and all of a sudden they're offering you a promotion, okay? Now, you've got this promotion, okay? In either of these cases, you're going to get a new job description, okay? For the new job you're going to be doing because you're promoted or the new job you've been hired to do. And with that job description, there's going to be a 
bulleted list, okay? Yes. Mm -hmm. That says you are responsible for completing all of these duties. Sure. But there's always another bullet added to the end of all of these job descriptions that says you're going to do all of these duties and all other duties as assigned, okay? Mm -hmm. So now you're working in your job, but Linda, as the weeks and the months go by, you're starting to notice something, okay? (laughs) All right, you're like, "Uh uh-huh. So we got all these extra duties from this person that have been (laughs) added to our plate, okay? We Mm -hmm. got these extra massive projects that Mm -hmm. our boss was doing that they have now added to our plate. (laughs) And we've got these extra responsibilities over here that have been added to Mm -hmm. our plate. And before we know it, Linda, our workload is so heavy that our back is about to break or we fall to our knees because we're not doing the work of just one person anymore. We are doing the work of two, three, sometimes four people. Okay. And we're not getting paid to do all this extra work. Okay. Right. But the expectation that we do it is now a part yes. of who oh, we absolutely. are. Yes. And they expect us to keep up with this workload because to this racist leader, you can carry a workload that no other human can carry because you are dehumanized to this racist leader because Understood. you're black. Absolutely. You were built for hard labor. You can be uh, working harder and stronger and faster because you're not human. You're a black workhorse, okay? And they're going to get their money's worth out of you by piling this work on your back. This is why you see so many black people staying late after everybody else has gone home working through their lunches, working on holidays, working on weekends. And in my case, in my case, I was using my PTO, my vacation time to try to keep up with this workload. Because if you don't, you're at risk of losing this job. And again, we have families, we have children, we have lives. Yeah. And people say, well, why would you stay in a job like that, Linda? Why would you stay? And all I can say is for me, I've got this job that pays me well. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get another job that pays me at that level. So I'm not willing to risk it because I'm black over here. Okay. Mm I'm going to be black over here. Yes. At least I've got this income. And right. so I'm not so willing to walk away from right. that. Absolutely. And that's why a lot of people stay. And that's why they stay. And they and they may even have, like you have, responsibility for, for children. You yes. know, we do have kids. We have, like you said, families. We have level responsibilities. We have others. I know I have clients who, you know, their brother, sister, mother, everybody looks up to them. And so mm-hmm. they feel this sense of obligation, right? Well, yes. You know, why would you leave that big time job? You know, why would you do that? So, well, yeah, and see, it, Linda, the covert racism piece of that, though, is how do you prove? Because you have to prove oh, sure. that this leader 
willfully and knowingly yes. put all of these extra duties on you. Yes, yes. Because Which is extremely difficult to prove. It's, it's difficult, but not impossible. Not impossible. <laughs> exactly, Jackie. Exactly. Not impossible. Oh my gosh. And see, and that's why I'm so glad we're going to wrap this session up because I want to, that was a perfect ending point because we don't want to give too much away for part two um, because this was fabulous. But look, all of you, I, I, I can't say this enough. You have got to buy Hush Money. This is the first one, How One Woman Proves Systemic Racism in her workplace and kept her job. And then you immediately want to go to part two, Hush Money, the cost of being Black in corporate America. Don't hesitate. Go out to Amazon, buy these books. I'm telling you, you'll read them in one. I mean, you, you won't be able to stop turning these pages like I was, weren't able to. And then you want to go out and write write a, uh, a, a comment. Uh, you know, definitely give her some ratings on Amazon, share how much it touched your heart, how much it helped you and guide you. Put that out there on Amazon as well for her. You don't want to miss Please. part two on April those 18th. Amazon ahead, reviews are so important. Um, yes. I'm a self-published author. You know, I oh, self-published yes. these. I sold them from the trunk of my car. I couldn't get a publisher. So my daughters and I wow. took a chance. I went from selling them from the trunk of my car to seven months later being an international best-selling and award-winning author. Yes. But what inspires people to read the book of a self-published author, because there are so many who are not successful, True. are the reviews. I need the reviews. Yes, it's so critically important. We yes. want to support each other, especially when it's this type of writing, these types of books that were out of someone's pain, out of Jackie's pain and her her unbearable experience, but yet giving us a roadmap on how we can be courageous and fight back, how employers can turn these situations around. Please join us on April 18th. You do not want to miss it because just like she says, it may be difficult to prove, but it's not impossible. Not impossible. Not impossible. So Jackie's going to share with us on April 18th how you get that type of thing done if you were the one. This is live, so everybody saw my earpiece fall out. So, <laughs> so you want to you want to join us and get those nuggets on April 18th. But between now and then, if there are some questions that you have and you want to connect directly with Jackie, you can find her. She's on LinkedIn. Uh, Hush Money um, is the way to find her. Hush Money series. Definitely reach out to Jackie. If you're an employer, if you're leading a company or you know within your company that it would be a extremely invaluable experience to have Jackie come in and work with your leaders or do a lunch and learn or do some type of presentation, whatever format or setting is best in your company, I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Please reach out to Jackie and connect with her. But until then, until next time, I appreciate you all for joining us again, April 18th, part two, Jackie, mm -hmm. it was an extreme pleasure. I can't wait till we connect again. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Take care, everyone. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.